The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on a rivalry Wednesday here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN 106.7. Hope you're doing well. Another gorgeous day here in the Auburn Opelika area. Um, Been a busy day for me. I had a great lunch today uh, over at Niffer's. Place is fantastic. Always a go-to spot in Auburn. Um, Love going over there. I had a great lunch with a uh, great friend of mine, Britt Bowen, and so uh, now that my now that I'm full and miserable, I try to get in here and and try to do a great show for the next two hours. Tons to talk about. It is Rivalry Wednesday here on the show. Um, unfortunately, it's going to be like a Rivalry Wednesday. Point five or like a half rivalry Wednesday. Um, Jordan Hill of Docs Two Four Seven said he didn't enjoy coming on anymore and decided he was done with the show. No, I'm kidding. He is in Birmingham today uh, for the SEC Basketball Media Day, uh, so he is up there covering that, of course, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, we tried to well, I say we were thinking about going. Uh, a possibility of me and uh, Dan Dan Peck from the Drive, um, but. But unfortunately, Auburn players, um, Janai Broom and Jayla Williams and head coach Bruce Pearl, they don't speak until like 3 or 3.30. And so it just didn't make a whole lot of sense time-wise for us to be able to go up there. Um, If they have spoken this morning early, uh, it may have been a possibility for us to go and try to get some unique audio and be a part of that. that. But um, there's no... There's no Radio Row or anything like that like there is with Football Media Day in July. Um, It's just one day, all the coaches and a couple of players are there all in one day. And so we were going to try and go, but it just didn't make sense logically for us to make that trip. And so they're going to post a lot of that audio, and we'll have that for you over the next couple of days uh, when it comes to Auburn basketball as we get closer and closer to the season. Uh, But that's where Jordan Hill is today, covering that for Georgia. So he will not be able to join us. But we do have Austin Hannon of Bama Central uh, who will join us coming up in the second hour. Excited to talk to him about this Alabama team that continues to find ways to win. I mean, like it or not, and believe it or not, they just keep winning. And so we're going to talk to him about this team, about that program, looking ahead to the third Saturday in October this weekend, Alabama and Tennessee. I'm excited to talk to him later on in the show. Uh, That'll be at 3.30, but until then... Phone lines are wide open. What's on your mind on a Wednesday afternoon? Come in, be a part of the show, and be on the line. 334-321-1390. Lots of football talk yesterday. Lots of great 
phone calls yesterday. I mean, it was a jam-packed show full of your phone calls, and it was awesome. And you know I love interacting with you, the listener, and would love to get your thoughts uh, on a Wednesday afternoon on Auburn football. Uh, We're going to talk a little basketball to start the show as well, since it is media day. Start getting you ready for Auburn basketball, SEC basketball um, coming up, which starts in like three weeks, folks. Uh, I mean, we're like three or two or three weeks away. It's kind of crazy, I know, but uh, basketball is right around the corner. So we'll start talking about that today. Start looking towards Auburn and Ole Miss this weekend. Start to flip the page away from Auburn LSU and on to Auburn Ole Miss. And then, of course, like I mentioned, coming up in the second hour, we'll talk to Austin Hannon from Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama. Get updated on the Crimson Tide. But until then, like I mentioned, phone lines are open. Give me a call. I want to hear from you on a Wednesday afternoon. 334-321-1390. We are inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge studio and a reminder that the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge is your Tiger pregame destination for all fans on Saturdays during the fall. Uh, That includes this weekend and next weekend with Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Two great opportunities to go out there. Uh, They've got the Plaza patio. They've got tons of TVs, drink specials, great food. Um, A a perfect opportunity this weekend with a 6 o'clock kick to go over there, check it out, watch some of the other games, uh, enjoy happy hour during the week from four to six all that great stuff brunch on sunday i mean there's no reason to not go and check out the auburn plaza bar and lounge they are they are our studio sponsor each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7. So we appreciate the heck out of them, our great friends over there at the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge located at 800 Main Street in Midtown, just off of Opelika Road. All the nice white buildings over there, just across from Niffers, actually. And um, yeah, go check them out this weekend or any day over at the Auburn Plaza Bar and lounge. But again, give me a call 334-321-1390. It is SEC basketball media day. Um, There is great conversations going on already. Auburn set to speak coming up in just a little bit. Um, Curious on what they're going to ask Bruce Pearl at SEC media day, right? What are they going to talk to this team about? And he took two players with him, uh, took Janai Broom and Jayla Williams. And I think those are two great representatives of Auburn. I think those are two great representatives um, of Auburn basketball. You've got a guy in Jayla Williams that's been here for a long, long time. Um, a, a senior who, a graduate who is is here and um, a great representation of the years put in to Auburn basketball. Then you've got a guy like Janai Broom who is a big-name player, one of the best players in the SEC, um, has a chance to be one of the best centers in all of college basketball, and a guy that's got an eye for the NBA. And so two really, really good representatives, excited to hear what they have to say. But when it comes to Bruce Pearl, based off of what he talked about with us a couple of weeks ago in his opening season luncheon that he hosted for us Auburn Media, which we really do appreciate him and Marlene both putting that together – He talked a lot about and was asked a lot about the transfers on this team and the lack of offense in the past that this team has had for Auburn basketball and the amount of work, working out, and muscle that guys have put on since getting on campus. And that's really exciting. 
And he also talked about what guys are working on or have been working on during this offseason. Shooting the basketball. Because what's been Auburn's biggest issue the last three years? They couldn't shoot. They couldn't shoot the ball. And I told you that going into the season last year was this team is really athletic, they're really talented, but they can't shoot. And that's exactly what we saw. And I don't know, look, I don't know if you know a whole lot about basketball, but if you can't shoot, you're not in a really good position to win ballgames. So I think that's going to be a lot better this season. I really, really do. And I've talked about this team a little bit. But with it being media day today, and as we get closer to the season, it starts November 7th, folks. November 7th is the first game for Auburn basketball, and they don't open up with just uh, Western Kentucky or anybody like that. They're playing Baylor, a really, really good team, a program that won a national championship just a few seasons ago. And if you look at Auburn's non-conference schedule, it's really tough. And I'm glad they did that because it hasn't always been the toughest in the last couple of seasons. And I feel like that has hurt Auburn getting into SEC play. They've played some good teams, but not the entire non-conference schedule. You don't have to worry about that this time. Baylor, Notre Dame, either Oklahoma State or St. Bonaventure. You have to play Virginia Tech in the new ACC-SEC Challenge, which is replacing the SEC Big 12 Challenge that was once played in late January. This will be now played in late November. You play Indiana in the state uh, in the holiday hoops giving over at State Farm Arena in Atlanta. You play USC. You play Penn. You play Chattanooga. I mean, you play Alabama State. There are good teams in this non-conference schedule. Probably, and I haven't looked at everybody's non-conference schedule, but it's probably one of the toughest non-con schedules in the SEC, if not college basketball. And I think that's good. I think that's really, really good. This Auburn basketball team is going to need a little adversity, going to need a little bit of a push. And here's why I say that. I think this team's going to be able to shoot the basketball really, really well. And I've talked about this already, but you've got a good balance of returning players that know Bruce Pearl, they know this program, they know the SEC, they've got the experience. You've got a good mix of that with a lot of new faces, whether they be young freshmen like Aiden Holloway or whether they be transfer portal guys like Chad Baker-Mazzara or Denver Jones, right, or a Darren Scott or Chaney Johnson. You have a lot of those guys as well. There's a good mix of experience and rooted Auburn guys and new faces in new places. And I think that's going to be really, really good. But it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take some time to gel. This is a brand new team. I know there's a lot of familiar faces. Dylan Cardwell, Jani Broom, Jalen Williams, Katie Johnson. But it's going to take time for the transfers and freshmen on one side to mix with the returning guys on the other. And from everything I've seen, and from everything I've been told, and everything I hear, there's a lot of chemistry and love in this Auburn team. Now, that's what I've been told, and that's what I've heard, and that's what I've seen. 
Seems like this team really has something special brewing already. And that's what Bruce Pearl told us a couple of weeks ago. That's good. That's great. The fact that you have that in middle to late October is a blessing. It's still going to take a little bit of time for all that to come together on the basketball court. Because again, this is going to be a new look team. I know Auburn liked to shoot the ball last year, but they could not shoot the ball last year. I loved Wendell Green. I loved Zeb Jasper. I liked Alan Flanagan. But those guys were not consistent shooters, and we know that, right? We know that. That was the problem with the team last year. They couldn't shoot when they needed it. They could not knock down a jump shot when they had to have it. This team's going to have to change. And not even the team. Bruce Pearl's got to change a little bit. But what do we know about Bruce Pearl's offense in the past? It works the best when you've got guys that can shoot the ball. And this team's going to be able to shoot, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just telling you right now. I am so excited about this team, I can't hardly stand it. I haven't talked about it much on this show. But I am so excited for this Auburn basketball season. And I'm really trying not to get my expectations up and get my hopes up on this because the talent on this team is unbelievable. I have no idea how it's all going to come together. I really don't. I really, really don't. Because I truly think there's going to be a struggle to get everybody on the floor and get everybody quality minutes because there's so many talented players. And I may have said this on the record. I don't know if I have, but if I haven't, I'll say it now. And if I have, I'll say it again. In my opinion, just looking at this roster before they all get on the floor together wearing the blue and orange, I think this could be Bruce Pearl's most talented team maybe ever. Maybe ever. Not just at Auburn. I think it's by far the most talented team he's ever had at Auburn. I'm talking just most talented team in his coaching career. Now, how does all that come together? I don't know. Does that mean they make another run to the Final Four? I don't know. Does that finally bring a national championship to this program? I don't know. But I think the potential's there. And I think the skill is there. You've got the guards now. You've got the middle guys now. You've got a center who is the, one of the best in the SEC, if not the country. And almost everybody on the team can shoot the ball. Spot up shooters, shoot off the dribble, shoot in transition, shoot off the screen. Shoot off the outlet pass, shoot off the kick out, off the dribble drive. That's what Auburn has been missing. Because I just talked about the Final Four. Remember that Final Four team. What could they do? They could flat out shoot the rock. And that's how they made a run at the Final Four. And look at most teams that make runs to the Final Four in March. They start shooting lights out. They get hot. They get hot and they make runs. And they take down teams they're not supposed to because they hit shots. And how many games last year, before we get to break, how many games last year was Auburn in and afterwards we were sitting here saying, man, if they just hit a couple of those shots, Auburn wins the game. If Auburn shoots 40% 
they win the game. I have a feeling that's not going to be an issue this season. Now, how is the offense going to truly look? I don't know. We're going to find out. But I think Auburn's got depth. I think Auburn has elite guard play. Again, you've got Janai Broom, who's one of the best centers in the country. You've got experience. And you've got new faces. You've got guys that can flat out jump out of the gym, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, there are some people on this team right now that I've seen that can flat out jump and athletic and just be the best athletes on the floor, regardless of who Auburn's playing. I'm excited. I hope you can hear the excitement in my voice because I really, really am excited. I do not want to wish football season away by any means because it's crazy we're already halfway through it. But basketball season is almost here. And this has a chance to be a really special season, a special team. Because I feel like a lot of you, my listeners and Auburn fans, are in this similar boat of, okay, Bruce Pearl's made it to the Final Four once. That's been a few years. That's four years ago now. It's time to do it again. He's had his time. He's getting big-name recruits. It's time to start doing that consistently and making it farther in the NCAA tournament than what they have. And I'm with you. I think the talent on this team can do that. How it all comes together, I don't know. But I think that's where that non-conference schedule is going to be really, really important. Because this team's going to drop some games. But it may not be the end of the world. 334-321-1390. What's on your mind? What do you think about Auburn basketball coming up as we are uh, just a few weeks away from tip-off as today is SEC Media Day for basketball? Uh, we'll try to get you some updates probably into the second hour when Bruce Pearl, Janai Broom, and Jayla Williams talk to the media up there in Birmingham. We'll talk some college football when we come back, talk a little Auburn and Ole Miss as we look towards this weekend. Of course, later on in the show, Austin Hannon of Bama Central will join us as well. Give me a call, 334-321-1390. On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, question of the day here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Been a couple of days since we've done one of these, and I uh, want to hear from you on the phone lines, 334-321-1390, as we uh, flip gears a little bit and get to some college football. As you look on the new top 25 in the AP poll, as I mentioned, we're about halfway through, right? We're, we're seven, seven weeks into the season. Uh, most teams have had their bye week. If not, they're going to have it this weekend and maybe possibly next weekend. But here's my question to you. Who's real and who's not in college football right now? Who is legit? Are there any really good teams? Is there any one team... That, and I asked this a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like the question and the answers really haven't changed. Who's the best team right now? I mean, if you had, if I gave you a $100 bill right now, I said, here, take this $100 bill, and I need you to place a bet on the team that you think is going to win the national championship, or a $100 bill, and I said, I need you to pick the four teams that are going to make the college football playoff right now on October 18th. Who would you pick? Who would you put in there? 
Because I think there's a handful of them. Because I don't think there is one just overly dominant team. There's been one maybe, as of right now, going into this week, and it's been Michigan. But here's the problem. Michigan has played a bunch of high school teams. And so, until they play Penn State and Ohio State, I don't know what Michigan is. The other team has been Georgia. But again, Georgia has not looked all that impressive to me. Now, there is a team out of the handful of undefeateds that proved themselves over the weekend. And that team is Washington. People have been talking about them. People have been hyping them up. People have been saying that Michael Penix is a Heisman favorite, Heisman runner, and he absolutely is. And Washington is a good football team, and they beat a good football team over the weekend when they took down Oregon 36-33. to Oregon's a good team, too, and don't write off Bo Nix and the Ducks. They're a good team. But even so, if Washington and Georgia met on a neutral field right now, who wins that game? I don't know. And that question has a big asterisk by it right now with the news about Brock Bowers. And if you haven't heard that, he's out for the next few weeks. So that's a big question. And I wish we had Jordan on today, and maybe I'll shoot him a text and kind of get his thoughts on that. I know he's at Media Day today. But take that into consideration as well. Because Brock Bowers, I'm not going to say he makes that Georgia offense, but Boy, is he a big part of it. And Auburn knows that all too well. What about Ohio State? They play Penn State this weekend. That's going to be a huge deciding game in the Big Ten in college football. Top ten matchup, Ohio State's number three. Penn State's number seven. That's a huge game. Can Penn State, for the first time in their life, get up and win a big game? And can they do it consistently? Because they have Michigan later on. That game is in Columbus this weekend, of course. But it's an 11 a.m. kick. If Penn State can go on the road and beat Ohio State and then turn around and beat Michigan at their place a few weeks later, then Penn State's legit. But until James Franklin and Penn State do it consistently, I'm not going to buy in. But that's a huge game this weekend. What about Florida State? People have kind of forgotten about them. They played a couple of close games especially against Clemson a few weeks ago. Everybody kind of wrote them off. They've got Duke this weekend. That's a good Duke team. They're number 16 in the country. Unfortunately for Florida State, they play in the ACC, which is a bad conference. Let's just be honest. It's a bad conference. Oklahoma. Don't forget about that win over Texas now. That's a good team. It's a really good team. But here's the problem. Now they're playing in a bad Big 12. They have UCF, the fighting Gus Malzahn's this weekend. Then they're on the road at Kansas. Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU, TCU. I mean, Oklahoma's going to be undefeated. And they're going to play Texas again in the Big 12 championship game. And the winner of that is going to go to the playoff. But just in that situation, let's say that Texas and Oklahoma finish out their seasons undefeated and Texas beats Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. Who deserves to go? Do both deserve to get in? I think there's an argument to be made there. Well, there's two out of your four. 
Is an SEC team going to get in? What if Alabama runs the table? What if they get to the SEC championship game? What if they beat Atlanta or beat Georgia in Atlanta? Now they're a one-loss team. What if Georgia's only loss is to Alabama in the SEC championship game? Do you put Georgia and Alabama in there with a possibility of Texas and Oklahoma? What about the Big Ten champ, whether it be Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State? What about Florida State? What about Washington? What about Oregon? It's crazy right now. And you're probably like, wow, that's a lot of information. That's really overwhelming. I agree. That's a lot. Here's the thing, though. The Pac-12 is going to continue to eat itself alive, unfortunately. And I told you that back in week one. I told you that in the preseason. The Big 12 is going to have two teams. The SEC is probably going to have two teams. And the Big 10 might have two teams. ACC is going to have one. And there's only four spots. I don't know. I don't know who the best team is right now. But we're only halfway through. So good thing is, we don't have to fully answer that question just yet. When we come back, we're going to talk Auburn and Ole Miss flipping the script and looking towards this weekend. We normally have Jordan Hill, but he is up in Birmingham at SEC Media Day. So we'll talk to him next week. But we'll talk Auburn and Ole Miss when we come back. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067. It is Rivalry Wednesday. Uh, We normally have uh, Jordan Hill from Dogs 247, but... He is uh, out of commission today. He is up at the SEC Basketball Media Day, uh, as Georgia was speaking earlier today. And uh, Auburn is set to speak in the next 30, 45 minutes or so. Um, And so we will bring you some updates from that. And then hopefully, uh, as the week goes on, we will uh, get you some audio from that as well as Bruce Pearl and uh, Janai Broom and Jayla Williams are up there in Birmingham today. So we'll hopefully have some audio for you uh, to play later on in the week. But as we continue talking some football, before we talk Auburn and Ole Miss, let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390, former intern Graham, he's on the phone. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm doing well, just, you know, living life. Uh, just kind of thought it was interesting. You were talking about, you know, the new rankings and who was in the top four. And I just think this year's kind of crazy because, you know, normally there's a team or two, you know, like in the past few years of Georgia who's just hammering everybody. Right. Or, or you know, in the past, Bama, different teams like that, even Ohio State, who were just blowing everybody out. But I think this year is a little more interesting because, you know, everybody's at least had that one where it was, you know, Georgia played Auburn and Auburn was there till the end, Ohio State with Maryland and some of those different things I thought was just kind of interesting. And then, you know, you were saying, you know, $100 bill to the Natty Champ. Well, there's really only two teams in the top ten that have a top ten win. Washington over Oregon, and then uh, I'm losing my mind. Oklahoma over Texas, mm-hmm. you know, and then you got uh, Texas with you know Alabama sitting there at 11. But uh, you know, a lot of teams haven't really played other other top 10, top 12 teams. There haven't been a lot of those matchups yet. You know, we're going to see a few even in the next 
few weeks with Ohio State and Penn State. And, you know, me, I'm a big Ohio State guy, but, you know, I'm nervous. I think I think there's plenty of – it's a lot more of a toss-up this year, I think. Yeah, it is, and, and that's a really good point where, you know, and I, I do want to stress we are only, you know, halfway through the season, right? And so there haven't been a ton of opportunities for uh, for these teams to play massive, massive games. But I think college football as a whole, I don't want to say it's down this year. I just think it's a little bit more even. And we've talked about this in the past, Graham, where, you know, there's with the transfer portal and NIL, I just think rosters are a little bit more even across the board in these major conferences. And so, yeah, look at a team like like Michigan. They're really one of the only teams that haven't had one of those close, nail-biter, ugly games. I mean, they've beaten everybody by 30 points or more, it seems like, and they just haven't played anybody. Now, they do have Penn State in a couple of weeks and, and Ohio State at the end of the year, but until then, we don't really know what Michigan is. And so, yeah, I think when you, you know, hundred, like I said, $100 bill, to bet on the national champion or a hundred dollar bill to pick the final four if it were to be right now I mean or predicting for the future I mean it, it really is tough since we are only halfway through but college football is all over the place this season right when one more thing you know that I've kind of noticed I'm actually sitting here on my computer looking at the at the AP top 25 right now look how in the top 10 I believe there's only one team in the in the SEC uh you're correct yeah which yeah. is the f- and first time in how long i mean maybe last week but until this year i mean there's normally three four maybe even five mm-hmm. in, in the in the top 10 yeah uh, so just kind of noticed that as i'm sitting here looking at it right i mean with alabama being outside the top 10 and and you know tennessee last year was a top 10 team and they have a chance to do that i think this weekend if they were to beat alabama and keep rolling and and play georgia down the line and lsu's always normally up there and they've taken a couple losses because of their ferocious defense but yeah you're absolutely right the sec is not what it normally is and and again i just think college football is a little bit more balanced this year and as we are halfway through it it, it really is anybody's game so far when there's an ability for a big, a lot of shakeup because of that, you know, mm-hmm. Georgia, if lo- losing one game to anybody, would, would shake it up, you know, dropping from the one. But then you got Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all in the top seven. So, and they all, you know, Penn State plays both. They all play, you know, each other. So, rather that goes somebody dominating the other two or, one, you know, one and one across the board, right. that really shakes stuff up. So, really, the only team sitting up there. I'm not sure. Would Washington have to play at Oregon again? Uh, there's know. there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, if both teams handle business, then yeah, they would they would end up playing again in Las Vegas. I think that's where they play that Las Vegas uh, for the Pac-12 championship game. Gotcha. Which could shake it up, but like Florida State's really the only one sitting up there. I guess Oklahoma too, but they'd have to play you know Texas again. But right. Florida State's really sitting up there on their lonesome. You know they're kind of just hoping they don't drop the ball and they have to be in the conversation going undefeated i know the acc isn't as tough but you got like have they already played duke no they uh they play duke uh coming up i believe they play duke this weekend yeah they do that would be other than them who even them they're ranked what 16 Mm -hmm. so other than that you know they're relatively a cakewalk you think so they're kind of just trying to survive i think and give themselves a chance when all these other teams start beating each other, you know? Right, yeah, and that's where a lot of these conferences sit, and that's sort of what I was alluding to was, you know, the Pac-12 has that situation where, 
Uh, I think they're going to eat themselves alive. The Big Ten could really screw themselves over if if Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan all decide to beat each other, right? If um, if Duke were to beat Florida State this weekend and then North Carolina continue to win and then you know they lose in the championship game or whatever. I mean, there's so many different scenarios. The SEC's got their own situation, right? I mean, there's what if LSU wins out and they somehow cause a bunch of stir in the SEC West and they go and beat Georgia and Atlanta? I mean, there's just so many different possibilities as we're at this point in the season, that it's hard to really judge that and talk about what it could be because there are so many possibilities. But I think there's a lot more now than there has been in the past. Oh, for sure. Well, and even like I was already kind of said, you know, a lot of these teams, uh, whether they're, you know, the best team in football or not, everyone's shown a little bit of uh, vulnerability mm-hmm. to, to an extent Yeah. with, you know, uh, rather a lower D1 team or, you know, some of these FCS, whatever, some of them have really struggled with not-so-good teams. I mean, Michigan and Bowling Green was a fight till the second half. The first half with Bowling Green's third-string quarterback, it was like a, what, a one-score, one score, maybe two-score game? Yeah. And so, I don't know. I'm interested to, to see how it all plays out, and uh, that's really all I had for you. I yeah. do have to give a little shout-out to my Air Force Falcons. Yeah, uh, hey, man. The, dude, they're playing They're playing great, man. They're playing great. Nobody's talking. Hey, they're ranked. How about that? They're ranked in the top 25. Yep, yep. So, I just had to give them a little shout-out. Hopefully, we can, you know, win in the Mountain West isn't going to do, you know, anything for you. But, you know, get you to a nice bowl game or win conference, you know, is always – Always something to strive for. We got Navy this week too, and there you, you know, go. We got to take care of business there. I think they can make a New Year's Six bowl if they keep handling business, and that's—I mean—that's a huge thing for a for a military school. Well, especially if everyone keeps beating each, if everyone starts beating each other, and we keep winning, then I mean, we're slowly gonna rise. So you know, yep. who knows. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, look, college football is it's this is what makes it so much fun, and and there seems to be a lot more parity this year than there has been in the past, man. Absolutely. Well. Good to hear from you, man. Keep doing your thing. Always enjoy uh, tuning in and listening, man. Appreciate you, buddy, man. Miss you, man, and appreciate you calling in. That is Graham joining us on the phone lines, former former intern and, and just one of my lifelong best friends. Appreciate him giving me a call. And, and look, he's absolutely right. When you look at just looking at college football right now, and again, I want to stress this. I know that we're only, what, seven weeks into the season, but – like Graham talked about at the beginning of his phone call, there's normally one or two teams that are just dominant. And I mean, one or two teams that are just handling business. And everybody's like, yep, those are locks to make the college football playoff, put them in the national championship game. Like, one of those two teams are going to win it, and it's just kind of everybody else. And it's normally been Georgia and Michigan, or Ohio State and Alabama, or Georgia, or whoever it may be, right? There's a cl- Clemson, a cluster of teams that have always been there, that are still there right now, but you could almost whip out the Sharpie, right, and just write them in and feel extremely confident. But again, I don't think anybody's played that well, besides maybe Washington, but I still think they're a beatable team. And Georgia or, and uh, Oregon had a chance to do that on Saturday. So that's what makes this season so much different. And if you remember, if you were with me, before the season started, I told you to enjoy this season in college football. I told you to enjoy it because this is going to be the last time we see it as it is right now. With all of the different realignment, all the conferences changing, the playoff expanding, and everything that is taking place in college football, 
this is the last true year of football in college as we know it and has come to know it in the last 15 to 20 years. And I know there's been some movement here and there, but the way it is right now is all going to change. And so far, through these first seven weeks, man, it's been awesome. I mean, it's been awesome. You've had really good games. You've had huge upsets. And there's a lot more to come. And there's a lot more craziness to happen coming up over the next seven weeks or more. And that's what makes this sport so much fun. And so there is no one dominant team. There is no whip out the Sharpie and put and bet the house on one team to win it all. Because I think everybody at this point is beatable. And I think everybody at this point could be beat on any given Saturday. And that's what makes college football so much fun. 334-321-1390. We'll go ahead and take an early break. Come back. Graham, appreciate the call, man. Great to hear from you as always, brother. And a really good conversation as well. We'll take an early break. We'll come back. We'll start talking Auburn and Ole Miss. We'll carry that into our number two. And, of course, Austin Hannon of Bama Central will join us coming up in the second hour as well. We'd love to hear from you on the phone lines here on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. 334-321-1390. We'll wrap up hour number one when we come back you are on the line on espn 1067 call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 wrapping up our number one here on the wednesday edition of on the line it is rivalry wednesday which means austin hannon of bama central will be joining us in hour number two and hoping to uh, get jordan hill of dogs 247 back on the show next week um we appreciate him he let me know plenty of time so not no, nothing to worry about there he is uh, up at basketball media day for the scc um and auburn set to speak coming up very shortly so i'll try to give you some updates from that as we as we get them um but do want to talk a little Auburn Ole Miss as we start to uh, look for look towards this weekend, and had lots of conversation yesterday with a ton of you uh, listeners and callers about this Auburn football team and just what what has to change between now this weekend and for the rest of the season to to be a success. And luckily. Right, Luckily, you've got a home game this weekend. You're under the lights this weekend. It's the stripe out the stadium game, which always looks really, really good. Um, there at Jordan-Hare, it's, again, a night game. And, and it's the first game that you've been home in a couple of weeks. And you've got two home games back-to-back versus Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Really, really good opportunities, I think. Uh, I mean, I think these are two good opportunities to get a win. And if you remember... Talking about and previewing this four-game stretch and really previewing this season, we talked a lot about how Auburn in this season, you had to do two things, in my opinion. You had to beat the teams you were supposed to beat, and so far, Auburn has done that. Auburn has beaten the three teams that they were supposed to beat in this season. And that includes Cal in Week 2. Right, You beat UMass, you beat Cal, and you beat Stanford. You were supposed to win those games. You're supposed to win Mississippi State next week. You're supposed to win at Vanderbilt. 
and you're supposed to win against New Mexico State. If you do those things, you will go bowl eligible, right? You will have six wins, you will make a bowl game, and year one, which would be a success. The other thing I said you had to do, if you're Auburn, you got to win a game that you're not supposed to. Texas A&M, Georgia, LSU. In this case, we didn't know this preseason, but as it stands right now, Ole Miss and Alabama. Now, I left Arkansas off of there because I think that game as of right now is a coin flip, especially being in Fayetteville. That's a coin toss to me. But you had to beat somebody that you were not supposed to beat because that is what helps you turn your program around. That's how you can build a program, and that's how you can really save a season. Auburn's had three chances so far to beat teams they weren't supposed to, and they haven't beaten them yet. They lost to A&M, they lost to Georgia, and they lost to LSU. You have another opportunity this weekend against Ole Miss. You're not favored. You're not supposed to win. That's a top 15 team in the country right now. They're favored by almost a touchdown coming to your house under the lights at night in your stadium. You're not supposed to win this game. Let's see what the ESPN matchup predictor says. 77% chance to win for Ole Miss as of right now, according to ESPN. Favored by almost a touchdown. This is an opportunity for Auburn to turn this thing around in the middle of the season after what's been a brutal month You haven't won a game in a month if you're Auburn. You have three straight losses and then the bye week. You have not won a football game in a month. This is a perfect opportunity in Jordan-Hare Stadium for the fans to show up and continue to support in year one. This is a perfect opportunity to come in and beat a team that you're not supposed to beat. A team that has proven already that they are better than you. Do they have better talent and more talent than you? I think that's questionable. I think that's a conversation to be had. But this is a, uh, I can't stress how much of an opportunity this is this weekend to do what I've been saying to do and to beat somebody that you're not supposed to beat. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the phone lines quickly before we wrap up hour number one. And Andy, you're on the line, man. You got a couple minutes. What's up? Hey, I'll talk fast. Where you go? Um, So... Everything I read about this quarterback, um, Thorne, when I went to the Michigan um, State board, they were very happy to lose him, which, you know, in the beginning of the year when uh, everyone was expecting Auburn to do better than they're doing, I was a little skeptical. Just, you know, it was like maybe these guys are mad that he's leaving, so they're trash-talking him. Um, but seems like everything I read is true, and he's even doing worse than <laughs> what they said. Um, I also know, I remember going up to Kentucky with following Cam Newton mm-hmm. and, you know, walking around campus and Kentucky, oh, you guys are going to kick our butt. We're terrible, and we almost lost that game. Yeah. Uh, it was a last-second uh, win, Cam jumping over. Um, so we had that potential of, you know, catching. I, I told you we were going to lose to LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, we're going we're gonna to win one of these games because we're going to get so bad, people are going to overlook us. We're going to catch someone with their pants down. Um, I don't know if this is it. We are not, we're not good against a, a, a cow offense. You know, we're not good against a, um, a mediocre offense. Mm-hmm. 
So this this is really scary. I've heard some people, you know, I mean, again, any good team can can uh, have a bad day, and and usually they do do it. At Jordan Hare, um, we've seen it all, but very scared. And I just what's what's really gonna upset me is. I do not like their coach. I hope he goes and coaches Alabama so I can hate them again. <laughs> um, I really don't like Lane, and with, with everything that's going on, um, I don't know, it just seemed like Cadillac, I was a huge Cadillac fan. He turned the season around last year. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Let him let him talk in the, you know, the, uh, the room before they do the Tiger Walk. Because they were just so fired up when when Cadillac and I, yeah. I don't know if these people responding. I don't know if they're giving up, but it was just really scary to see the defense really um, lose it with the LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're running in on blitzes. I mean, yeah. it looked like Techno Bowl. They were diving, missing. You know, the running back running to the right. Um, so I, I was hoping to hear what you had to say about Ole Miss. I had to go into the chiropractor and I came out, and you're talking about something else. So um, shucks. But um, if you want to just give a quick summary of what you said, but I, um, again, I, the potential of us winning is always there, mm-hmm. but I'm really worried about being embarrassed to a coach that I really don't like, and it's just, you know, the message boards are going to go crazy with it. Well, we should have got him, and thank God we didn't. Yep. You know, I'll be patient. That's right. Appreciate the call, Andy. Great to hear from you, man. I will talk up Auburn and Ole Miss to start hour number two, I promise. We're going to talk about Ole Miss and find out what that team is, what Auburn has to do this weekend to beat Ole Miss because it won't be easy. And again, you have a chance to beat a team you're not supposed to. This could be a big turning point in your season. We'll talk about that coming up in hour number two. Give me a call. Love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two coming up. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of hour number one, be sure to go and find the podcast later on today. You can find it one of two ways, ESPNAU.com in our uh, podcast center or you can just search on the line wherever you get your podcast we talked some Auburn basketball in hour number one as Bruce Pearl and a couple of players up in Birmingham today uh, they are uh, about to take the podium pretty much right now uh, up in Birmingham for SEC basketball media day uh, so we talked a little bit about that uh, talked some college football just some general conversation there as well um, and then 
Then we also talked a little Auburn Ole Miss, and that's what we're going to talk about here in hour number two as well. It is Rivalry Wednesday. Uh, Jordan Hill was unable to join us today. We'll pick back up with him next week. But Austin Hannon of Bama Central is good to go for today. And so we'll talk to him coming up in about 30 minutes or so. Uh, We'll talk to him about the Alabama Crimson Tide. He is with Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama. So excited to talk to him and get some updates on the Crimson Tide. Talk a little basketball as well, as they did, of course, speak today at the SEC Media Day. So until then, give me a call. Would love to hear from you on a Wednesday afternoon. 334-321-1390. How are you feeling as we look ahead to Auburn and Ole Miss? Uh, How are you feeling about this Auburn team? Are you worried about Ole Miss and their offense? We had Andy call in uh, right before the first hour ended, and he was starting to talk about how this Ole Miss team worries him. This game worries him a little bit and so uh, how are you feeling about this game as we get closer and closer what's your take on the quarterback situation I know everybody's got an opinion about it and I'm truly curious on what the split is on are you still on the Peyton Thorne train or are you jumping onto the Robbie Ashford train or are you trying to get the the Holden Garner train to lead the station I mean what what what's on your mind where do you fall in that uh, really curious there three three four three two one 1390. I got myself some tea that I just made because uh, I'm still battling trying to fully get my voice back um, and trying to get through all of this. And of course, now that I'm like getting better, uh, Michaela, our wonderful intern and producer, she told me, she was like, hey, there's this thing you could have gotten when you were sick that's going to help your voice. And I was like, wow, that didn't help me at all today now that I'm fully better as I walk in with my with my black tea or brown tea or whatever the heck this is. But it definitely helps. But yeah, she gave me a great suggestion now that I'm better. So we do appreciate that, Michaela. Thank you for that. So uh, no, very, very glad to be here. Still, still sort of uh, trying to just get back to 100%, but definitely glad to be back uh, in the studio and talking all things Auburn football and, of course, Ole Miss coming up this weekend. And Hugh Freeze mentioned it the other day. He said, look, this is the third game in a row where we are playing one of the top three offenses in the SEC, Georgia, LSU, and now Ole Miss. And you look at what Ole Miss has done this season. They're 5-1, and one, right? 5-1 and one overall. 2-1 and one in conference play. Their only loss was that Alabama game. A game that I think they could have won very easily. And with that final score of 24 to 10, I'm curious on if that game showed more about the flaws in the Ole Miss offense or just how good that Alabama defense has become. Because we heard we heard coming into the year that this Alabama defense, especially that secondary, was going to be really, really good. But early on, especially Texas, they did not care. And they threw all over it. And they were not afraid to throw the football. And you saw what happened in that Texas game. They came out with a double-digit win in Bryant-Denny Stadium. But ever since then, this defense has taken a turn for Alabama in a good way. And... We know the offensive struggles, right? We, we've seen the offensive struggles for quite a while. But all of a sudden, they're starting to get a little bit of mojo. And they're starting to build a little bit of momentum. Nothing crazy, 
but they're starting to find themselves a little bit. And so, did Alabama's defense, are they just that good? Or did Ole Miss's offense have some flaws in it? And you better believe that Auburn is watching film from that game this weekend because Alabama's the only defense that stopped Ole Miss so far this year. They're the only ones. Arkansas did it a little bit. But other than that, you have 55 points against LSU, a bad offense that Auburn wasn't able to take advantage of, but Ole Miss did everything they could, and they put 55 on them. 48 against Georgia Tech, 37 against Tulane, and 73 in their opener against Mercer. So this offense can move, and this offense can score for Ole Miss. And the problem is, how long can Auburn's defense hold on? Because Andy brought up an interesting point at the end of the first hour. He was talking about the defense and how, and really the team, there was an effort issue. And I'm not saying any particular player, any particular position, and Hugh Free said this exact thing, and I'm, I'm 100% with him. But there's no doubt that there was an effort issue on Saturday, especially in that second half when the game started to get away from them. There was an effort issue on Auburn's part. And that's something you can't have. You cannot have that as a college football team, as a team in general. Even if you are out-talented, even if you are out-coached, even if you are on the road and down by 30, the one thing you cannot let the other team do is outwork you, out-hustle you, out-heart you, because those are things that you can control. You can't control if they've got more five stars on the sidelines than you. In the game, you can't control that. You can't control if there's 100,000 fans screaming down your neck when you're trying to call out the play. You can't control that. But what you can control is your attitude and your effort and your passion and your work, your work ethic, right? And your effort. And I think Auburn lacked in that on Saturday. And I think Hugh Freeze would tell you that right now if we had him in this studio. He would tell you that. And so that can't happen again against Ole Miss. But how do you avoid that? It's easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, play harder, care more, try harder, right? It's easy for me to say that. But how do you do that? The way you do that is to continue to fight. And the defense, they got to have some support. The defense has to have some support because it's human nature, right? It is human nature for a person or a defense as a whole when you are playing your heart out, snap after snap after snap, and you keep your team in ball games week after week after week, and the offense is failing to score more than 20 points, eventually you're just going to fumble. You're just going to crumble. I mean, you're going to. It's human nature. It's human nature to just not all the, just all of a sudden give up, but maybe you don't run as fast after that dude down the sideline. Or maybe you don't cover that dude as hard when he's going out to the edge. Or maybe you don't block that dude as hard because, eh, does it really matter? Eh, we're down by 25. Does it really matter? Yeah, it does matter. But again, that's human nature. And so for the defense in general, you got to get some support. And in a game like this this weekend, where Ole Miss can score pretty much at will 
if the defense doesn't play on top of their game, the offense has to come around and back them up. And so far, Auburn's offense has not done that in big games. That is what has to happen. Whether it be Peyton Thorne running the offense, whether it be Robbie Ashford running the offense, if it's Hugh Freeze calling plays, or Philip Montgomery calling plays. I don't care. The offense has to come around and support. And something's got to change. And we talked about that yesterday, and we're going to talk about that again today. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the phone lines. And Jones, you're on the line, man. What's up? Uh, listen, you're, first of all, we missed while you were out. It's, uh, it's very refreshing to have you back. And what I like about your show is I like the, the solo. I've listened to a lot of shows lately that there's so many people talking over each other. It literally induces anxiety. In all <laughs> so it's, your show, yeah. very, it's like who can say the fastest, mostest words in the, in the next 30 seconds. And it's right. very, very uh, daunting for me. I like your show. But uh, also, I appreciate you that. on with your comments. I want to say this. Uh, check, real quick, I'm going to inject. Mike G, Mike Gittins, mm-hmm. has Auburn ever considered putting him on staff? Because I think as a liaison to the, to the young athlete of today, the African-American and, and, and the uh, Caucasians, but he's very keen about what he sees and spots within the locker room. Mm-hmm. And I think, he, I think he would be a great liaison, not trying to get him hired away from what he's doing. But I listen to a lot of his stuff, and he is, he is spot on. And he's very insightful. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then my last thing I want to say is if Auburn wants to beat Ole Miss, I know they're going to have to run the ball. Yep. Stop this ludicrous offense they've been trying to run because it's not going to work. I would say take your dang fullback number 44, Jackson. Yes. Line him up yeah. and toss the ball and get three, four, five yards and just do a dadgum clock-dominating offensive scheme and just stop the dadgum madness. The madness that Hugh Freeze has brought to the – this Auburn team is, number one, he did not come in running his offense. He should have been like Spurrier. I've said it before. Huge mistake bringing in Montgomery. Huge mistake talking about the players, and I think they feel it. Mike D called it. They're feeling the embarrassment of his comments. Their parents are even saying it. So I think he really stubbed his proverbial toe big time. So if he's going to beat Ole Miss, he better change real fast and real quick. And he better do it faster than fast because he is going to screw this whole thing up real quickly because Auburn people can't be patient after the, the Stephen Lee contract with Gus. Mm-hmm. Then the Harson thing, it's just an, an old people like me, we ain't got much time left, so our patience have run thin. But when we see things right in front of your face that are absolutely an abomination to common sense, it needs to stop. And your comments are right on, right on cue. Uh, I hope they listen. I, I know they don't, but it'd be nice if somebody did listen instead of to the uh, coach's room. Listen to some of the outside noise and understand and read between the lines, Coach Freeze. Your job depends on it, okay? That's all I got to say. I, I think you are I think you got a lot of very, very uh, insightful comments, and I can, hear, I can hear the passion there, Jones. I really, really can. Hey, I appreciate the call. I really, really do appreciate the kind words as well. First Auburn game in 1960. Wow. So I've been around. Know what okay. I mean? Yeah. Hey, yeah. You, you, you've been I around. A, I was a, uh, I shook hands when I was an itty bitty baby, real quick. Jimmy Seidel, Tucker Fredrickson, believe me. Wow. I've been around. That's I've awesome. I've seen it all. I'm, old, I'm older, if you want to think, I'm older than your boy Bill Cameron, if that tells you anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll let you put that All into right. words. I know he's listening. Jones, appreciate the call, man. Great to hear from you. Thank and I, I appreciate the kind words uh, as well about the show. And um, the, I, look, I love what I do, and I take a lot of pride in, in what I do. And, and I love, um, you know, I, I've loved being um, solo for a while, and it's been a lot of fun. And I think you've got a lot of very insightful points there. I really, really do. Um, when it, I mean, yeah, look, bottom line is through six games and through your first four power five games, the offense has been terrible. I mean, it's just been terrible. And so you have to change it up. And I understand they came in looking to set a certain narrative. I know they came in looking to set a certain standard and play a certain way for now, for the future, for recruits, whatever you want it to be. But bottom line, it's not working. And I said this yesterday, it's not working. And at the end of the day, what's the ultimate goal? It's to win football games. you got to win games. And what you're doing right now, you're not going to win very many of them. And so something has to change. And there's a lot of things that can change. Jones, I'm going to make some comments about what you said some more when we come back. But I do have James on the line. We'll take a break. I want him to have plenty of time to say what he has to say. James, hold on. You're going to be first up when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get back to the phone lines here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line 334-321-1390. James, I appreciate you holding on through the break, man. You got plenty of time. What's on your mind? James, are you with us? I don't know. Maybe he may be muted, maybe on hold. I don't know. So we'll check him out in just a couple of minutes. I, James, if you're talking to me, man, I cannot hear you. Um, I uh, don't know if he's there. He may have. He may have. May have dropped. I don't know. So yeah, we'll just turn him off for now. We'll go back to him uh, in just a few minutes. James, if you're listening, man, give us a. I guess just give us a call back. Uh, we'll drop in and try to give us a call back, man. Would love to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And that may be him calling in right there. So hopefully that's James. We'll get to him uh, in just a moment or two. But. Uh, Jones called in right before that and had a lot of um, had a lot of interesting comments uh, about this Auburn team and, and Hugh Freeze uh, and everything. And so I do want to talk about that. But we've got James back on the phone. Let's see if we got him this time. James, do we have you this time, man? Yes, sir. There we go. I got you now. Yeah. Hey, you know uh, the caller before me, and he was spot on. And you know, and, and I've been an Auburn fan a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 68 years old. And I've seen a lot of great times, and hate to even say this, I suffered through the Barfield years, you know. But, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze, he's better than this. We all know this. And why some of the decisions that are being made by the coaches just don't make sense. You know, and this is the one, this may have been discussed in prior calls or prior shows, mm-hmm. but Holden Gurner, you come out and said he's the best pure passer of the group. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that he has not been given an opportunity? Now, granted, he's, he don't have the wheels that Robbie Ashford or even Peyton Thorne does, but he's got the ability to throw the ball. And they've got some good receivers, and they got some ample and probably better than average running backs. You know, is it because they want to run the RPO and Holden can't operate that type of offense? You know, you know what is your take on that? 
Yeah, you know, it's you're not the first one to bring that up. And I think there are, especially now, with the question marks at the quarterback spot with Peyton and even with Robbie, um, there are people who are like, well, why not just plan for the future and put in Holden and get him some experience on the back end of the schedule and then uh, look towards a, a legitimate quarterback competition coming up in the next season. And right. those are legitimate takes and legitimate questions and uh, I really do think it just has to be his youth um, having guys in front of him like Robbie who has SEC experience and a guy like Peyton Thorne who has power five experience and uh, I mean it, it just has to come down to being a young guy and and I don't think it's that he doesn't know the playbook or or anything like that I think it's just He's just a young, he's a young guy, and I think they just want to build him up. But I'll say this, James, if we continue to go down this path with Auburn, and no matter who's playing quarterback, Peyton or Robbie, and they continue to lose games and scoring less than 20 points, why not mm-hmm. put him in, right? Why That's not? Right. I mean, if, if, if you change up what you're doing, because a change has to be made, I've said that. I think a change needs to be made. But let's say Robbie comes in, and for whatever reason, you lose, let's say just for sake of conversation really quick, let's say he starts this weekend against Ole Miss and Auburn scores 23 points and they lose 40-23. to 23. And then you lose against Mississippi State, God forbid, and you lose against Arkansas or even if you lose Vanderbilt or anything like that. Like if it really continues to go downhill offensively, what would be stopping you from playing Holden Gurner? And that's sort of what you're asking me right now. And – I think you would have to give him a shot because if the first two don't work, why not go with Holden Gurner? I'm 100% with you, man. Exactly. You know, and it's just, and I think the, you know, everybody bought in to, to freeze and everybody gave him support. You mm-hmm. can see it by the you know, ticket sales. Yeah. But like the caller said before, you know, Auburn fans are, they're patient. They're going to give Hugh some little leeway and, but right now, I think their patience is going to run thin because you're not seeing any sort of progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yep. They're doing nothing's happening. Yeah. No, you're so absolutely you right. To, and I tell you, I'll make this one last comment now. I'll let you go. What I'm concerned about this type of performance, at the end of the day, you know, it's about wins and losses, but I promise you, it could have an adverse effect on recruiting. Yeah, these kids don't want to come into a program that's going to be on the downhill slide. They want to come into a program that's on the upswing, and um, and I hope that's not. I hope that doesn't happen. But that is a potential pitfall that that Hughes got to be a he's got to be aware of. Yeah, and, and I'm sure he is aware of that. There's no doubt about it. James, exactly. appreciate the call, man. Great Thank to hear you, from you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate you calling, and, and apologies for the struggles, but we got you on, and, and I'm glad we did. You had a lot of good points there. Um, and, and look, to to his recruiting point there at the end, he, he's right. I mean, recruits, high-level recruits, want to come to a program that is making progress and is on the rise, right? And you've seen a couple of guys decommit already from Auburn. Now, they picked up a big defensive lineman early this week, which we haven't fully had a chance to talk about. But that is a an important factor. But James is absolutely right. Recruits want to come to a place and, and, and here's the thing too. Let me backtrack on this. Recruits right now that are committed to Auburn in 24, 25 and whatever and beyond. 
they understand the situation. They understand that Auburn is not at the level of Georgia right now. They understand that Auburn's not on the level of Alabama right now. They understand that this is a new coaching staff and a program that has been down and out for the last few years. They know that. They're not dumb, right? They understand what they're committing to and what they're walking into. But to James's point, who's spot on, you've got to give them something to commit to. You've got to give them some, some positivity and some direction and give them some confidence that they made the right decision when they get here or before they even sign the papers, right, coming up in December. you got to make sure and give them something to be confident about. And that's what the back end of this season is going to be for Auburn because so far, especially offensive recruits, receivers, what has Auburn shown you offensively that would get you excited to come here? And that's a, that's a harsh thing to say, I know. I know this is Auburn Radio, but that's, that's the truth, right? I say this show tells you like it is, and that's how it is. What has the Auburn offense shown any offensive recruit that would get them excited? I think the potential's there, and I think the offense is going to be good. I'm not trying to drag this program or the offense, but you've got to do something to A, win football games, and B, get recruits excited to come here. And I think that can still happen. And look, you've gone through a gauntlet of a schedule so far. A gauntlet of a schedule. You have a chance to get back on track this weekend. You can do that this weekend and in the next few weeks. Let's squeeze in Mark really, really quickly here on the phone lines. Mark, you got about 30 to 45 seconds, brother. Shoot. All right, man. Hey, uh, the thing about recruiting – with Perry Thompson and Malcolm Simmons and the other receivers that we have committed, do you not think that the plays were there if we had somebody who could actually catch the ball and on top of that somebody can throw it? I don't think the play calling was that bad. I think the execution's where the problem was. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, I've said Perry Thompson could start. He could walk in and start on this Auburn team right now. And I guarantee you Malcolm Simmons could, too. Yeah, I think you're right about that. There's no doubt. And, and those will that will help, right? When Auburn gets that high level of talent across the board, that is going to help a lot of these problems. But you've got to show a little progress is the word that James used, and he's absolutely right. Progress is what Auburn fans want to see. Well, the receivers that were watching the Georgia game, how many of them made the comments that they would have won that game had they been there? Yep, absolutely right. So, and had those catches been made, then we wouldn't be having the conversation about losing a close game to Georgia. We'd be talking about a win. That's exactly correct. Yep. So anyway, I know you're short. Have a good day. Appreciate the call, Mark. I really do appreciate you calling in. Hate that I couldn't keep you on for longer, but the music's kicking me out of here. Um, that's the biggest thing, and I talked about it in the off season. Auburn was going to lose some games this year. They were never going to make it to Atlanta. They were never going to win 10 games. But you had to show some progress, show some change, give the, the fans some positivity. That's what Hugh Freeze has to find a way to do. Starting this weekend against Ole Miss and moving forward through the rest of SEC play. Austin Hannon of Bama Central joins us for Rivalry Wednesday when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. the line.
Jacob Goetz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. It is Rivalry Wednesday around here on ESPN, and that means Austin Hannon of Bama Central will join us on the phone lines. He is with the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama. Austin, great to hear from you, man. Hope all is well with you over up in uh, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, everything's great. Um... You know, things are things are pretty good. How are things over there? Things are good, man. Well, <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Maybe okay. I'll maybe I'll change my answer on that. I could let some of my listeners answer that, maybe, and they may not give you the the same answer I would. But um, no, I, it, it's good to uh, be back in the studio talking all things football, and of course, want to talk all things Alabama with you, uh, as you are uh, one of the best to cover the Alabama Crimson Tide. There for BamaCentral.com, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama. And before we talk football, I do want to get your thoughts quickly since today is SEC Basketball Media Day and basketball is right around the corner. Uh, What can you tell us uh, that uh, Nate Oates had to say today and kind of a little preview on this Alabama basketball team? Yeah, I I, uh, I think the people that I work with, they went over there to Birmingham, Mountain Brook specifically uh, to get that done this afternoon. Um, I dealt with Saban and... uh, this morning, and I'll deal with Saban on later on tonight for them as well. But I just looking over what he said, and um, I think it was funny. He started out with saying, you know, Alabama was picked fifth in the SEC. I think they've been picked fifth every year he's been in Tuscaloosa, if I read correctly. Um, and of course, it, it's worked out pretty well the last couple times. So he said, just uh, keep on keep keep on picking us fifth, and we'll uh, we'll keep on having our success and get number one overall seeds and stuff like that. So um, it was it was good to hear him. It's good to see that basketball is back. Uh, I've actually got my TV on now in front of me, and I'm, I'm watching Janai Broom and Bruce Pearl talk to the media at the desk. So, yep. I mean, it's good to see basketball back in the news. Um, I think Alabama and Auburn both have good teams this year. I think they uh, will continue to just build and build on those programs that they have built so far. And uh, it looks like Auburn's got some new uniforms this year, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, they've changed them up a little bit. I mean, you never know what Under Armour comes out with, but they're actually pretty sweet. And look, I, I am... I am a softy when it comes to Auburn's like orange uniforms that they wear uh, sometimes at home, but a lot of times on the road, those all orange jerseys and uniforms with the shorts and everything. I, look, I think they look super, super clean, man. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think uniforms are, are a big thing I'm into as well. And um, yeah, I just think, I think the SEC's done such a good job over the last few years, just improving um, as a conference. And I mean, you think back to, when I was younger and, and you were younger, I mean, it was Kentucky and then it was everybody else. And yeah. the SEC was really an afterthought in basketball and it was all football and they didn't care about basketball and all the schools didn't care except for Kentucky. And now it's turned into this thing where it's definitely one of the best conferences in the country. And a lot of that reason is because of all the coaches that they brought to the conference. I mean, you look around the conference, there's so many good head coaches, uh, so many high profile head coaches and Nate Oates and Bruce Pearl are two of them. Yeah, they absolutely are. And um, you mentioned already that, you know, Alabama picked fifth uh, in the SEC and and he definitely had some comments, did Nate Oates? He had some things to say about that. And look, Alabama's can they will always be competitive and talented when he is there. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what they become. I'm excited to see what Auburn is this year. And I really am just I'm so glad that that rivalry in basketball has become a true rivalry in basketball, because like you mentioned for years, I mean, how many people 
truly, truly cared when Auburn and Alabama got together on the hardwood. I mean, there just wasn't a whole lot of that. But now it has really become one of the best rivalries in all of college basketball. Absolutely. And let's be honest, I mean, it's become almost more competitive than the football game. I mean, just over the last few years, the way Auburn's kind of fallen apart uh, in their football program. But, of course, basketball's been great recently. So, uh, And then Alabama's kind of up their game in basketball. So it's kind of becoming the premier rivalry of, both athletic departments, and I think it's it's refreshing for a lot of people that enjoy college basketball, um, and that have always been around Auburn and Alabama basketball because there's always been it's always been a niche crowd, you know. And now it's kind of becoming more mainstream, but there's always been people that deep down did care about the basketball programs. Oh, of course. Schools, and I, I think this is the golden age for those people. No doubt about it. Well, look, basketball season uh, just a couple of weeks away and, and definitely wanted to talk to you about it just for a few minutes since today is SEC Basketball Media Day. You mentioned Bruce Pearl and the players for Auburn are currently talking right now up in Birmingham. But let's talk Alabama football because um, somehow, some way, Austin, they continue to find ways to win. I say that every week. They continue to find ways to win. Jalen Milrow, playing pretty well for Alabama. He's not doing anything super, super crazy, but then he pulls out a, uh, he does pull out a crazy play every now and then. He'll make a deep pass in the end zone, and it's a beautiful play, and Alabama gets another win in the SEC, defeating Arkansas 24-21. What'd you see there from Brian Denny on Saturday? Yeah, it was, a, it was what we all call in the sports business a tale of two halves. I mean, they came out a little sluggish, and then they really figured it out in the second quarter and took a big lead in the halftime and added on it to start the third quarter, and at that point they were up 24 to 6 with not too much time left in the third quarter, and then things just kind of unraveled. And, and uh, this week the players have kind of said, uh, after the game and this week, the players have kind of said it, it was they took the foot off the, off the pedal and uh, they couldn't really explain why or, or what the deal was. But I mean, it was 11 a, it was an 11 a.m. kickoff. It was you know a little bit of a not high profile game. The crowd wasn't full. You're playing Arkansas. It was less four games in a row. And I think once you take that 18, 20-point lead, you kind of feel like, yeah, the job's done, and, and we're going to move on to next week for Tennessee. And that, that's just not the way it works in the SEC. And that's not the way Nick Saban wants their brains you know, working during football games. But uh, they, they still got the job done. They got a big stop at the end that was capped off by a Dallas Turner sack. Uh, and they got the ball back with a pretty good amount of time left and never gave it back. So uh, they, they, they started and finished well, but you gotta you got to play for a full 60 minutes, and that's been the message all week. Yeah, only three points in the second half for Alabama in that game against Arkansas. And and for somebody like you who got to watch this Arkansas team covering them, I mean, I've seen, and a lot of Auburn fans have seen Arkansas games bits and pieces over this season, but you look at that 2-5 and five record, 0-4 and four in conference play, and you're like, wow, that's a terrible team. But, man, they're playing everybody within 7-12 to 12 points in the last five weeks. And, and you can probably say this, that's a talented Arkansas team. Oh, absolutely. And, and I talked about it and I had some coworkers last week telling me that it was going to be a blowout. And, um, you know, my good friend, Joe Gaither, that works with us, we do a Friday show and he's telling me how Arkansas is a bad team. And I'm like, you got to watch out. Like, I, I think the Razorbacks covered this spread. I, I think they fight hard with Sam Pittman. Uh, that's exactly what they did. And that's what they've done all year. I mean, like you said, they lost three by three points in Death Valley in a Death Valley night game. That's impressive. Uh, that, that's that's what Alabama did last year. They lost a night game at Death Valley. Uh, they went to Oxford and lost by a touchdown. And, of course, last week they lost by three at Bright Denny. So uh, this is a, continue, a team that's going to continue to fight. I don't think that changes. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about if Sam Pittman's going to be back next year as the coach. And uh, we're, we don't even speculate on that. But I, I think he's, I think he does do a good job. Uh, I think the ball's rolled um, in, a, in a tough direction for them at times this year. And they've come up short a couple times. But you, you turn some of those one-score games the other way, and 
you're looking at a great season. So it's it's just tough. And I think Arkansas is in a similar boat to South Carolina right now, where you know they you've seen things where you think that's going to be a good team, and they look like a good team at times, but it just seems like oftentimes they they they, they find a way to lose the game rather than win it. And uh, both those teams have big games, of course, this week. And um, you know, I, I think both those programs are ones that you expected to be in bowl games and have good years this year, especially South Carolina. And, uh, both are struggling right now. I can't wait to 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 talk to you about this. Where do you stand right now on Jalen Milrow? Because he's in the last four games, he's gotten four wins. And Alabama, while they're not blowing teams out, they're not running away from anybody except Mississippi State. They're winning ball games, and he's not turning it over, throwing a couple touchdowns, doing what he has to do to win football games. Where do you stand on Jalen Milrow right now, Austin? Well, we talked about this. I mean, we've talked about this at length since Bryce Young left, that how is this Alabama team going to look? They don't have the NFL quarterback this year. Uh, they don't have some of the NFL-level receivers that they've had in the past. And so all offseason, you asked me, okay, how is this team going to find success this year? And I told you it, it doesn't have to be Jalen Milrow. It, it just didn't. It, it didn't register in my brain that it was going to be that way, and it hasn't been that way. I mean, they're, they're finding ways, like you said, to win games, whether it's on the road, whether it's at home. They went to College Station and got a huge win, uh, which was due to the success of Jalen Milrow. I mean, he put the team on his back that game. Uh, but last week he struggled a little bit, but you, you just find ways to win. And I, I think um, week by week he's getting more confident in his abilities. Um, you're, you're seeing him complete more passes down the field. He's throwing more touchdowns. He's being – you know, more safe with the football. Um, and the guy's taking a beating, Jacob. I mean, yeah. is, pe- pe- people don't talk about that enough when we're talking about quarterbacks, right? You don't really think about the effect that the offensive line play has on their ability to make plays in the game. And, um, I mean, he's been hit just about more than any quarterback in the country. I think Alabama is third to last in in the FBS in sacks allowed, uh, just ahead of, uh, I did this research the other day, Old Dominion, Colorado, and there, there was one other – USF, who Alabama played in Tampa okay. uh, earlier in the year. So other than those three schools, and so, so Shudor Sanders is in the same boat. What he's doing, getting sacked the most times in the country, I mean, that's unbelievable that they're, uh, you're able to stay in there, not get hurt, take hits, get back up, and just keep playing. And, and, both, and, and Jalen Milrow's done a really good job of just picking everything play-by-play, play, not overthinking things. Uh, and I, I think that was one of the big obstacles they wanted him to overcome this offseason, and I think he's doing a great job of it this year. Austin Hannon of Bama Central joining us on the phone lines here during Rivalry Wednesday on On the Line on ESPN 106.7 as we look towards this weekend, the third Saturday in October. It's Alabama and Tennessee. And before we talk about the game itself, uh, my intern and show producer Michaela has a question uh, about this Alabama-Tennessee rivalry. Hey, Austin, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm good. So I actually just got back from Knoxville, and I've been up there a few times and was actually there when they beat Alabama last year. And that was probably the craziest atmosphere in sports I've ever seen, personally. Um, You would have thought they won the Super Bowl. (laughs) So obviously the fans up in Rocky Top are very passionate and always passionate, especially about this matchup. I could hear a bunch of them talking about how they were taking the trip down to Tuscaloosa. So I'm just curious to know what's the attitude like down in Tuscaloosa going into this game every year, but specifically specifically this year coming off a big loss last year and the fact that this game is potentially up in the air with all the changes coming in the conference. Yeah, everything's changed around this rivalry. Um, I mean, my most of my life it's been Alabama embarrassing Tennessee and being a guy that's from Tennessee and actually lived in Knoxville for five years as a kid. Uh, and then, of course, in Nashville, you know, for the most of my childhood, 
I've, I've grown up a lot around a lot of Tennessee fans, and for a lot of time it's been about Tennessee never being able to get that win and, and really struggling as a program as a whole for a while. And everything's kind of changed around there. And I was actually there last year, too, and um, one of the best football games I've ever been at in person in my life and, and a great environment at Nayland Stadium. They, you felt last year that there was a lot of confidence uh, in Tennessee fans and, and, and the team that they had. And a lot of people were still kind of saying, eh, yeah, but they haven't beaten Alabama since 2006. That's not going to happen. Um, I don't care if Hendon Hooker's great and can throw the ball over the field. Alabama's got a bad secondary and all that. Nobody really listened to that. And then the game played out and they scored 52 points and won. And it was like, <laughs> okay, Tennessee's here. Like it's, they're, they're, they're back as a program. I, mean, I think Texas obviously thought the same thing after the game this year at Brad Denny. Um, that when you beat Alabama like that, you overcome that obstacle. It kind of does worlds of things for your program. And so um, they had another great recruiting class. They've got another good team this year. But I just think that there's a little bit there's a little bit of limitations in that offense right now. Um, I don't think that people are that we're really high on Joe Milton to start the year. Uh, he's kind of struggled a little bit. He's he's had a tough time of kind of doing the things that Hendon Hooker could do in the passing game. Um, and so I. I Talking to some people that are Tennessee fans and Tennessee alumni, some of my friends from high school this week, they don't seem very confident uh, in Joe Milton and in this Tennessee team and having to go on the road to Brian Denny. And then you, you factor in the revenge factor that, that you were mentioning a minute ago with uh, it, now it's at Alabama's house and all the fans are mad about last year and they want to start a new winning streak and everything like that. And then, of course, the cigars, are, they, they play a big part too. So um, it's a great rivalry. And to see it kind of be played back on the national stage again uh, these last two years has been amazing. And, uh, a kid that has roots in, in Alabama and Tennessee. It's exciting for me, and it's exciting for you know a lot of the people in my family and friends. So um, I expect another good football game on Saturday, but I, I think Tennessee is going to have a little bit of trouble on the road this year. Well, what does, in your opinion, what does Alabama have to do well uh, to beat Tennessee? Because when they're playing well, uh, I mean, Tennessee's a really good football team, and I feel like a lot of people have written them off since that Florida game, but they've quietly just been taking care of business over the last couple of weeks with South Carolina and then the weird game against Texas A&M last week. They won it. It wasn't pretty by any means, but they did win. Um, and so what does what does Alabama have to do well to beat Tennessee, who I think could beat Alabama if they play really good football yeah they gotta they gotta start passing the ball better Jacob I mean that that's that's what Tennessee made its mark on last year that's what Josh Heupel I think wants to do and this year it ha- it's been the opposite you know they've been a great rushing team but they haven't been able to throw the ball as well as they had last year and they, they've lost obviously some receivers you think about Jalen Hyatt's gone and Brew McCoy got hurt uh, in a terrible injury against South Carolina earlier in the year yeah. and he was kind of their number one guy and they still got Squirrel White and some other guys but it, it, Joe Milton hasn't been able to get the ball to him. And it's been underthrow, overthrow. He just can't nail everything down. And, and, you know, they've had some struggles on defense. You mentioned the Florida game uh, when they just kind of got bullied for, for straight, three straight hours at the Swamp. And that's the only road game we've seen Tennessee play all year. And so that's why, you know, myself included, I, I think there's a lot of concerns with the Tennessee this weekend. Uh, just seeing what we've seen. I mean, you, I'm, I'm a guy that bases my opinions off facts. And I've seen Tennessee play one road game, and it did not go well. So, um, until I see otherwise, I, I just think they're going to have a tough time uh, against a really physical Alabama team that's got a lot to prove still. Uh, even though we're in week eight of the season at this point, they still got a lot to prove. And I think they want to use that, this Tennessee game as another uh, proving ground. That's a really good point. I didn't even notice that. They've only played two games away from Neyland Stadium. That game against Virginia was neutral site to open the year, and then they played it the was, Swamp. And it wasn't. <laughs> and it wasn't neutral site. It was no. a orange and white 
Tennessee Titans Stadium over in Nashville. Yeah, I was in Nashville. Just yeah. about two and a half hours away from Knoxville. So oh, my gosh. That, that was essentially a home game. Oh, my God. I haven't even noticed that. So, yeah, this is only their yeah. second true road game of the year. That That's a huge factor in this game. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. And wow. I, I just think that's why there's not a lot of belief as much as there was last year and what this team can do against this Alabama team, just because it's a matchup thing. I mean, um, you know, people on, on the paper still are saying, eh, Alabama – Almost a ten point favorite against Tennessee. Surely that can't be right. But then, but then you think about the matchup. It's like, okay, what does Tennessee do well? Uh, well, offensively, all they've been able to really do is run the ball. They run it really well, but they can't throw the ball. And so, what is Alabama good at stopping? They're good, right now they're good at stopping the run uh, and the pass. And so, if Alabama can put bodies in the box and, and feel comfortable with Kool Aid McKinstry and Darren Arnold on the outside, uh, then there's not going to be a lot of success there. And you think about the Ole Miss game a few weeks ago. Um, I think it could be similar to that. I think Alabama might be able to like really take advantage of this Tennessee offense, slow them down, swallow them up, and score enough points uh, to win the game in the end, kind of like they did against the Rebels. So um, Tennessee's they, if they can figure a way to throw the ball a little bit like Texas did and Quinn Ewers, then they have a chance. But like I said, we haven't seen that before, and we really didn't see anything go uh, particularly well against against Florida in the swamp. Well, that Alabama defense is playing extremely well right now. Tennessee has their hands full this weekend in Tuscaloosa, 2.30 on CBS. It's the premier game in the afternoon on Saturday. Austin, as always, brother, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Plug everything you got going on and where people can find you. I know you'll be there covering the game this weekend. I will be there this Saturday, um, and you can follow along with me there on BamaCentral.com and, of course, on Twitter at AustinHand underscore. That's, that's usually where you're going to get stuff like next day. But quotes tonight, uh, I post stories there. And, of course, if you don't do the social media thing, you can also just go on the Internet and type in BamaCentral.com. It'll be there as well. So uh, really looking forward to it. One of my favorite rivalries. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think it's, it's, a, it's a good opportunity for Alabama, like I said, to – uh, make, make another emphatic statement towards that SEC West championship. Well, the SEC West is up for grabs right now and a great chance for Alabama to get another win this weekend. Austin, appreciate you, man, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? Awesome. Sounds great. That's Austin Hannon of Bama Central. Go check him out, bamacentral.com. That is the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama. He does fantastic work. Always a great time talking with Austin. Uh, it's just it's so much fun. I look forward to that interview each and every week, and we do appreciate him and his time. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Just had my show try to get taken over again. Bill Cameron trying to bust in here and take over my show. Unbelievable. Now, I got a few more minutes before we get out of here. Um, big thanks to good friend of mine, Austin Hannon uh, from Bama Central. Go check him out, BamaCentral.com, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama. If you want any news, information on Alabama Crimson Tide, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it may be, go check them out. He does a fantastic job, and everybody there does a really good job as well. So go check that out. Um, did not have Jordan Hill on today. We'll pick back up with him next week uh, of Dogs 247. Um, Hopefully, in the next couple of days, 
I'm going to try and get some audio uh, because today, and I'm sure uh, Bill and Dan are going to talk about it since Bruce Pearl and the players have played or, or have been speaking and are probably wrapping up right now up in Birmingham. Um, the SEC Media Day for basketball uh, that is going on right now and today. And so maybe we'll try to get some audio. Uh, but the next couple of days, folks, they're going to be pretty busy. Tomorrow is Thursday. We've got Brad Law. We have Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge coming off of a bye after beating Opelika playing Central this week. Uh, We have Chris Gordy tomorrow. Friday, we've got my interview with Eugene Asante. We've got Lee Sterling. We've got an Ole Miss guest coming on the show, plus Uncle T-Bone. So, I don't know. We're going to be pretty stocked up the next couple of days. So, don't want to miss it. Nowhere else to be rather than here on ESPN 106.7 as we get closer and closer to game day for Auburn and Ole Miss. We'll continue to talk about it coming up on Saturday. Should be a lot of fun. But until tomorrow, 2-4 to four, right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.